0: Welcome to another sports podcast, episode 26, the home of sports talk for everyone. I'm David. I'm Jason. Welcome um, aboard.
1: Yeah, so real quick, I forgot last episode. Uh, I want to thank the Lancaster Barnstormers, uh, wearing their hat, wore it last episode, uh, and their general manager, Mike Reynolds, and executive assistant, Yvette Ramos. Um, so they really went out of their way to make sure that myself, my grandfather, and my dad had a great time. We went to the July 18th game. Um, I know I'd let you know and I sent you the picture, they let us get our picture taken together on the field, um, which that was really cool. We've never. Yeah. Now, we've been doing this. I've been getting them tickets for minor league game probably for like 10 years now. And the fact that we were able to do something like that was really cool um, to get, you know, the three or three generations in that picture. Uh, so, again, I really just want to thank them big time for going out of their way and making just a little bit of stuff happen for us.
0: Uh, to ensure we had a really nice time well it it shows like uh, you know minor league it's something nice is like hey this is what i want to do yeah sure we'll accommodate you
1: well it wasn't even they suggested it to me oh really yeah uh mike the general manager threw it out to me uh in conversation i was talking to him that week uh about oh, that's awesome trying to get him on the show i actually was on the phone with him um talking about eventually coming on the show, and he's definitely interested in coming on. And I said, by the way, I'll be here on the, at the 18th game. It was a Sunday. And he's like, really? I said, yeah. He goes, where are your seats? And I told him, he's like, who are you going with? And I told him, and I said, you know, this is something we've been doing for 10 years. We go to different different minor league games in the area. He goes, do you guys want to get a picture taken on the field? I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. I go, well, yeah, let's do this. <laughs>
0: why not it's yeah. a great opportunity
1: and uh Yvette was the 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 point person on it she was the person i was in contact leading up to there um to get it make sure everything happened and she was awesome so i mean seriously both both mike and yvette from the barnstormers were just tremendous i can't That's thank awesome. them enough um and then r- real quick uh shout out to Brad from Baseball Together for uh sitting in your seat last last episode Thank you, Brad. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much.
0: Uh, yeah, that's awesome that, that they were able to get that set up for you, too. Yeah, completely blown away. Now that had to be one hell of, you know, of, of experience, just being able to walk onto the field like that and just, have a, you know, just have a picture with, you know, your dad and your grandfather.
1: Yeah, and, and don't want to go too long on this, but Yvette, when we were out there, she's like, do you guys want to, like, hang out and stand out here till the start of the game? And we're like, we're good. <laughs> we're That's not that funny. important
0: <laughs> <laughs> still I mean it's still be pretty neat
1: it was very neat
0: so this was a good experience for you with it
1: it was an excellent experience and actually uh real real side thing here on the way out I saw uh, a guy who's a referee in pro wrestling who I knew from Chikara shows in the mid 2000s And he currently referees for All Elite Wrestling on TNT every Wednesday night. Oh, wow. So I was walking by and I go, Bryce Remsburg, referee extraordinaire. And he goes, hey, thank you. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Because I knew he was a Lancaster guy. just never expected to see him at the, you know, when you got to fly all (laughs) over the country now to referee on a Wednesday night.
0: (laughs) Hey, sometimes you got to get away and uh, do something relaxing, you know? Yep. So on that note, let's uh, jump into the first period here. Now, this is something that is not looked at in sports by a lot of fans of of different types of sports of all I, of all I would variety. definitely say it's overlooked and it's not
1: talked about. And, and then, you know, we've seen it in this is timely because we've seen it in the news in regards to the Olympics this year. Um Yeah. So, we're but, talking about mental health and sports, yeah,
0: because, like I said, this is something that's not looked at by a lot of fans or by a lot of people, just because everybody thinks they're athletes, they get millions, oh, their life's fantastic, their life's great, nothing issue, Cinderella story right, where some players and ath uh, or I should say athletes don't have that, especially I Olympians mean, <laughs> for all the training they have to go through for years, and if something small happens that's their whole life of training got well and they're considered know, amateurs done.
1: they're not yeah, they're not the, professional athletes they're considered amateurs in the well, yeah. outside of a few a few uh exceptions in the olympics it's majority
0: amateurs um yeah i mean it's just something like i said it's just overlooked and a lot of big things happen and some people don't realize some of the uh occurrences that can happen with it
1: so um there was something I thought was really interesting and it's in, it's in my notes for the show. Uh, So there's a nonprofit called athletes for hope. And they've stated that an estimated 35% of, of professional athletes experience problems with their mental health in their careers, 35%. Now that, that sounds like a small number, but when you realize how small the pool of professional athletes is, that's a pretty big, that's a, that's a big percentage of that. That population of athletes,
0: oh yeah, I mean, and the fact that the mental health ranges from all sorts of things, yeah, and it's not just like one particular uh one particular category, it's just a, you know an array, and for thirty five percent, yeah, like you said, may seem like a small number, but in the pool of athletes that's that's serious,
1: yeah, and and now we you have know, some examples in our notes and um there were uh, obviously these these ones stood out uh ricky williams former running back in the nfl mostly known for being a, a miami dolphin his i think stood out to me because at the time when he was drafted he was considered a head case he's considered a troublemaker like the sports media just blasted him constantly Now we know he has social anxiety disorder. He has anxiety issues. He has social issues. And the sports media just railed him for a decade about being unreliable, being this, being that. The guy had things he was working with and working through while still trying to play professional football.
0: And a lot of people don't realize that either because they don't want to look at that. They want to look at, oh, he's making so much money. They don't want to, you know, he's fine. But the fact, like you said, the media kept blasting him, but he had an issue. And,
1: the and, and you know, did the media even know until he was already gone? Like, that's the thing, because you hate to say it that way. But the way we talk about mental health now, just in general, not even with sports, but in general, and the way we talked about it 20 years ago are two different. Two different things. It Hell, wasn't even really, 10 years ago, right? It wasn't you really know. talked about then either.
0: You know, not just 20, but even 10 years ago now. And like you said, you have social anxiety and you're playing football. Well, that's a social thing. You go to social events, you're just going to shut down and you can be that bad. You know, you can, as people call it, a basket case. Right. And nobody really thinks of it. And they're just going to just just trash them. I
1: mean, I, and unfortunately, that's what happened to him. Little did we know what he was dealing with. Um.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's but it's scary some of the some of the stuff can be scary some of the stuff out there
1: and speaking of, of scary uh let's take a minute to talk about oh god i'm gonna butcher his last name uh yeah. clint, clint marla Chuck.
0: yeah that was yeah. so if you want to go scary that is scary uh what happened with him was oh, it's, it's ugly yeah in in 1989 He at the time played for, I believe it was the Buffalo Sabres and he, it was a routine play, just went in him and they crashed the net. You know, they basically got together and all of a sudden a skate hit his throat and not just in a, Oh, I just scratched it. No, it was life threatening. Uh, from what I was actually reading on this. Uh, even you know not just for this, but a good while ago, that if he was not at the end where the Zamboni came out, he would not be here today.
1: Right. um And what? And I'm sure you read it too. uh The the trainer for the Sabers was a former Vietnam medic. He was in the Thank military as a medic in Vietnam, but he Thank knew God enough to keep his pressure. Pardon me on Clint's sternum to prevent the blood flow from getting to his throat.
0: Yeah. yeah, And if it wasn't
1: for that, that him knowing to do that from his combat experience,
0: Clint would have died because of that then too. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things played into that and a lot of things. And I'm going to give a forewarning. The video is on YouTube and it's not for the faint of heart. It is
1: not for the faint of heart at all. I mean, I've, we both have probably watched it. I know I have.
0: Yeah, I have, too. Um, and the thing is, if if you watch it, like I said, be advised. It's not pretty. It's you don't see anything right away. But then you then do. All of a, then all of a sudden, it's there. It's horror movie. That's i putting it in that in nice words for how bad it is and the fact that he's still with us today is great i mean he's he's coaching he continued Uh, to play after that yeah so even that as well i mean and he suffers from ptsd from it and i don't blame him he almost lost his life there in a hockey
1: game and did you did you hear about what what triggered his ptsd with it i don't think i have it was seeing it happen to another player
0: Richard Zednik. Many years later. Yes. Richard Zednik. Um, I actually watched that game. I remember watching that game and it was again, a freak accident. Now, for what I was reading on Richard Zednik, it was not as threatening as his. As Clint's. Yeah. As, as Clint's, but when you get any skate to the neck, that's not pretty because of all the major arteries that are at your neck, it's, you know, one, one, one way or another inch left or right. That could be it. Yeah. I mean, I've had a skate hit my stomach and it wasn't nice, but it wasn't anything like that. And just the fact that you don't hear Richard Zenik having any of this type of stuff Mm -hmm. is good from, you know, from him having, you know, from, I think it was like right in this general area when where he got hit.
1: Yeah. And I think Clint's was like,
0: yeah, clear his, was, his was clear across and on a routine play. Uh Well, one of the games that I actually played in uh during just playing rec hockey, it was a game before us. We were, you know, we were waiting for the game to end. I had all my bottom gear on. I had my Under Armour shirt on. And we're just just watching the game till, our, you know, till theirs is done for, for our, the start. Routine play. Guy goes in. They collide with the goalie. Okay, that happens how many times a game All right, numerous. I hear this guy screaming from over the glass. you know how hard it is sometimes to hear through you know through that through that glass. I hear him like he was right next to me, and he snapped his ankle where mm. to a point to where you saw the ankle pointing another direction that I don't really say this that much, but that threw me to see that. Now I've had my shoulder dislocated twice playing, but that really got me that really, you know, yeah, for that game. But just to see some of these, you know, things that happen during a game, it's can, you know, it can trigger. I mean, I went doubt it with Clint that, 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 that spark that's kind of like almost a flashback in his mind.
1: And that's pretty much what it was from what I've read is that and then like he because of that he had to deal with I think like alcohol addiction. Like it it, it, it caused a bit of a downward spiral for him and he's obviously been able to beat it and and, and work through it and thank God he, he was able to. Yeah. Um you know, the Something same
0: like thing. That's not easy.
1: Well well not exactly the same thing. Um, I remember a few years ago, Michael Phelps. You know, everyone was like, Oh, his downward spiral. He was arrested for DUI. He's drinking. He's this and that. Lo and behold, he's dealing with attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, and depression. So here's this Olympian. He was an Olympian from 2000 to 2016, gold medal winner,
0: oh, yeah. competing
1: at a high level in swimming, and he's dealing with these issues and right away the sports media is talking about downward spiral, he's falling apart. No, he's he's trying to get his himself together and he's doing the best he can. And I think that's like you said in the beginning and 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 we're all unfortunately we're all guilty of it as sports fans. We don't think about the big picture. We just think of oh well, you know, his endorsements, he's a celebrity, blah blah blah, he's a great life. Money and fame can't always buy happiness. And it can't fix no. the things that are wrong. And well, here's until- the thing with
0: the media. So, so, sorry, uh here's the thing with the media. There's nothing ever nice on the media. There's barely anything at all. And if it sees anything with a athlete that's even remotely horrible, you can tell right away it's going to be rant. Nothing like, oh, he's suffering from this and he's trying. No, they're just going to run with whatever they can. Doesn't matter how decorated they are. Like you know, let's say Phelps. He's a decorated, you know, Olympian by far.
1: But you know, and we need to like it, it's not just like an ESPN thing. Like unfortunately, this is this is how well, sports no, media has been since you know the sporting news was a news a weekly newspaper back in the 1900s. Yeah. Like this is a, this is the unfortunate aspect of sports news and media. Is it's 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 easier to get that story out and get the headline and get the person's attention than it is to, to deep dive. And and the good thing with Michael Phelps is, you know, he was able to get his, get his life back together. And obviously he's yeah. not competing anymore as an Olympian, but who cares? You'd rather that person be healthy and happy at the end of the day.
0: Um, oh yeah. That's the whole goal to, you know, for, for that to happen, despite whatever the traffic, whether it be therapy or, something medication to actually help them
1: medicinal,
0: yeah. You know, what whatever, whatever helps them get their, you know, get their life straightened out.
1: And I guess we need to get into the reason why this is topical. Uh and it's also another Olympian is Simone Biles. I mean she was getting railroaded. I mean in this in this case, she wasn't getting railroaded by the media. The media was actually sympathetic. It was sports fans on social media railroading her. And Considering what she's been through, I think it's crap that sports fans on social media were just blasting her for the decisions she made. Yes, she is an Olympian. We do expect her to perform at a certain level. But at the same time, if she if she's there and because she's suffering from PTSD from the things she went through. Yeah. If something there triggered that, she can't control that. But she's at least aware enough to say, you know what? I am not good to my team. I will hold my team back. I'm stepping back until I'm able to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and like you said, social media. guts By far guts. You know, to, yeah, and and well, like you just said, to realize, you know, to, to realize that before you actually do perform, rather than perform, bring your team down, and you can go further down that rabbit hole. You know, where... Yes, I'm no good to my team right now. I need to get this taken care of before she even competes that yes, that does take guts, but also looking at it as a, a, t- a team player because she's looking after her team yeah not she only- can't you know she can't perform so she realizes this and she doesn't want to bring her team down so 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 even
1: though she's dealing with the onset of her p t s d and and in the the emotional and mental issues she's dealing with. And she's making, she's taking care of herself. Like you said, she's taking care of her team at the same time. Yeah. And to me, that shows how serious she takes representing her country. Mm -hmm. Because if she didn't take it seriously, she'd go out there, whether she was healthy, emotionally, mentally to perform as a gymnast, which is already a physically demanding sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, she stepped back. She said, "You know what? I'm not. This is happening. I'm sorry, it's happening. I can't control it's happening. I need to step back." And then she, you know what? And then she still, I think, was it the 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 uneven bars she did that she got a bronze uh, in?
0: Uh, trying to remember, but yeah, something like that. But still, even a bronze medal. And, I mean, and, and, and
1: I think she even said that this bronze medal means more to her than any of the gold medals she ever had
0: she's fighting through a lot and she's fighting and through that's, a lot. and and that's off of you know of uh, of the olympic stage not right. just on it but off of it and to be able just to come in and even medal, to have that mentality to okay i just meddled okay this is you know this could be helping her. this could be helping it could be helping her that you know that whole aspect that hey i'm fighting through this i can do this and i did do this well like she said that medal means more to her than any of the goals because she's coming back from something. And I just, you I, know, so, so and, some and people. The whole reason that.
1: this triggered that this this the whole reason I I said to you I want to sw- I want to talk about this was because I didn't think it was right. So much of the the criticism she was getting on social media.
0: Well, oh, social media, social media is going to bash anybody.
1: But even you know, even you, even you the, sneeze the,
0: the wrong way, they're gonna bash.
1: Like Twitter is well known to be accessible on social media. Facebook isn't always the greatest, but like I'm on Reddit, and Reddit for the most part, I mean, there's obviously hateful sections on Reddit, but Reddit for the most part is a pretty positive place. I've never really dealt with a lot of jerks on Reddit, and the fact that people on Reddit were giving her crap about it, like I'm like, really? Like, do you That's not ridiculous. realize what what she's gone through? Emotionally and physically, you know, like you're missing the big picture
0: here. Well, how many people want to look at the big picture? A lot of people don't want to even look at it. As soon as they hear something, they'll just run with it. They won't sit and, down and actually and, do the research on it to get that information correct.
1: And here's the thing. What she went through is uncomfortable to for, I think, a lot of people to talk about.
0: Yeah. I mean, but it's that doesn't you know, change.
1: It, what she went through and what she has to deal
0: with because well, she of shouldn't have to deal with this. You know, she shouldn't have to deal with being bashed on social media. But I, I just meant,
1: I meant what she had to deal with emotionally and mentally.
0: Oh, I wasn't yeah, talking about too. social
1: media. I was talking about
0: well, either way, um, you know, either way.
1: But to me, her doing the things she did to me, that that she's, she's showing her heart and her her toughness by facing these things and 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 doing the right thing for herself and her team and that's to me that's a leader yeah yeah it is you know and uh just quick segueing off of that uh this is a horrible segue off of that going back to clint marla chuck if you any of you listening or watching on youtube decide to look up the video Please tell me that that is the worst music to play when they transition to commercial on that video for what's happening on there.
0: Well, I don't think anybody at the time knew what was <laughs> happening.
1: This goalies freaking spurting blood everywhere. We're going to p- play like the, the happiest, jingliest jaunty jingle we can play to go to commercial. It kill- I hate laughing about it, but it kills me. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: it's just it's this is super serious thing. And it's like the intro to a sitcom playing to go to the
0: commercial. Oh, well, maybe they're trying to cheer people <laughs> off. Maybe they knew what was happening. They're trying to segue off of what's actually happening.
1: Oh, man.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's. It's definitely something, to, you know, it's definitely serious. That definitely overlooked by a lot of fans and some fans are quick to bash and not actually do the research and realize why these athletes are not able to compete at that level at that moment. But, yep. you know, fans are going to think what they're going to think. I mean, you and I, like you said, we're all guilty of it.
1: We've all done it.
0: You know, we've and, all
1: done it at one time or another. That's the thing.
0: And when we hear the actual story, it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Then. We're a holes. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> Uh But too bad it's after the fact of everything that we finally learned the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Because the media does not want to share that information up front to kind of be like, okay, that's why he's doing it. Understandable. Or that's why they're not competing. Understandable. But you're here or there and nobody's going to really change how that's going to play out. You know, me is going to be what it's going to be. Social media is going to do what's going to do. And we just got to go from there. Yep. So on that note, that is the end of the first period. Be right back after this short break.
2: Greetings, wrestling fans. My name is Peter DeLong. And if you're looking for quick, easily digestible nuggets of pro wrestling goodness in an episodic format, Look no further than Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong on YouTube. Join me as I highlight different wrestlers or promotions worthy of your attention. Each episode features wrestlers, teams and stables that deserve the spotlight, upcoming events in your local independent wrestling scene or anything else interesting in the world of independent wrestling. Listen in as I run down the must know info to get you familiar with our subject du jour and then sit back and enjoy a related match featuring delectable custom commentary by yours truly, including some exclusive footage you won't be able to find anywhere else. Get your wrestling fix in bite-sized episodes with Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong. If you have personal footage, an upcoming event, or a product in general that could benefit from being featured on Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong, feel free to shoot me a message at PeterDeLongTalks at gmail.com, Peter DeLong on Facebook, or Twitter at DE underscore Talks.
0: Welcome back to the second period here. Uh, <laughs> something that we probably have not heard of or seen for quite some time. The Phillies are in first place. Did I see that right? Yeah, not since nineteen.
1: Yeah, they, they, they collapsed in eighteen and nineteen. <laughs> when you know, they had first early in the season. Hey, I'll, I'll take
0: it. I'll take it. <laughs> um. You know, just a shocking that uh, the, way they're, the way they're playing, it's it's great the way they're playing.
1: One of the things I thought was interesting, then um, it was in last night's uh, postgame show when they aired uh, Bryce Harper talking to the media. He said about how Kyle Gibson, who's their new starting pitcher that they acquired from the Rangers at the trade deadline last week, um, how he's already become a team leader in that short time. That's good and clearly his presence is is having an effect on the team.
0: Uh because well, since right now, he's what? been
1: here they're doing
0: amazing. Well, what they're right now they're riding a 7 game streak.
1: 7 game streak. Uh something I saw earlier today before the game
0: and it was a really interesting
1: factoid. Uh so after 110 games this season, the Phils were 57 and 53. In 2007, when they won the NL East, they were, after 110 games, they were 57 and 53. In 1980, when they won the World Series, after 110 games, the Phils were 57 and
0: 53. Are you hinting towards something here? It's like, you know, like they're turning into the 1980 team? No, but it was an interesting factoid (laughs) because of the, the, the two years
1: that were mentioned. 2007 was that that first sniff of the playoffs from the 08 team you know that's when they took the division from the mets on the final day of this of the season by beating the Nats as they should all the time um sorry jonathan (laughs) (laughs) um I'm, i'm killing our listenership i'm sorry um and an 80, That's why we can't have
0: anything nice.
1: That's it's why. And in 80, they had the same record after 110 <laughs> games and they won the World Series. Like, if the baseball gods are listening, you know, the, the Phil's might actually make the playoffs this year.
0: Hopefully. I mean, oh, no, they don't pull a and it, Philly.
1: And it may and not be normal. as a wild card.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, so it's just Philly in general. It could be, a, you know, the Philly, you know, it could be baseball, hockey, football, you know. Uh, let's just hope they actually run with this and keep it going because they have been playing good baseball lately. And what and I'm digging. Like fact, go ahead. To, tonight,
1: notwithstanding, tonight they they won that game with homers. They haven't really been winning games with home runs. They've been winning games with small ball hits in this hits in the gap, base running, legging out doubles, legging out triples. Like that's what you do to win games. I've always been a proponent of small ball. I hate when teams rely strictly on home runs because all you're doing is striking out all the time.
0: Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Home runs are great, especially when you have players on, you know, you know, you know, uh, players on the bases, like, like tonight, there was a three run home. So that definitely is a huge help when, because these players were able to get on base and, you know, Home runs not a guarantee, but when it happens, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, when when home runs happen, it's awesome. I'm not saying they aren't, but
1: you can't tell me that small ball isn't just as exciting because and it's exciting in a different way. They're both mm-hmm. exciting, but like watch like it's the anticipation, it's the stress of watching someone like like when Harper had that in the park homer. Yeah, like
0: when you just see exciting. him charging,
1: right. And and that that stolen base, he was granted stealing home in the Atlanta series. Like, that's exciting. That's that's the fun of baseball, you know, is, is stealing, is running the bases, is getting a shot in the gap and just booking it to third base if you can. That's that's fun to me.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's like when you get that shot, like right up the line and then it kicks and they're trying to get, you know, as many bases as they can out of it. But like you said, it could be an in-part home run for all we know. We just don't, you know, or, a, you know, a play at the plate or something exciting. Yeah, like like you said, home runs are great. Home runs are fantastic, especially when you have a few players on. <laughs> but when you see a ball, like, is it going? Is it going? And it just kicks off the wall. Okay, now what's going to happen? Which happened in like two games now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember one hitting off uh, just off the center did a weird kick yes and, and then there was one that went right right underneath the you know the home run line right off the fence
1: yes off the 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 away the visiting scoreboard which that mm-hmm. was that was brad miller and he turned that into a triple last night which was awesome to watch and then that at bat from kyle gibson which that was his first professional rbi last night was that that hit hey. he had to bring in miller um because Gibson's always pitched in the AL, so he's never had he to bat. bat. So all, that his entire career, he never he never had to bat until he became a Philly and he got his first his first RBI his second week on the team.
0: Hey, pitchers can hit too. I mean, some people think that pitchers are just going to strike out or. But if my man pitcher... Joe Blanton had that home run in 08. <laughs> you know. But if a pitcher can bring a run home, a home run. Or just get an RBI or, you know, something like that. That's Zach Wheeler. Thing.
1: I mean, he's a contender right now for for the Cy Young. He's not afraid to swing the bat. He's aggressive for a pitcher on,
0: on the plate. You know, and that's not a bad thing. That's always a great thing to have. And, and you know, I,
1: you never know. We both know the universal DH is inevitable, and I think it's going to happen next season. Um, I'm going to kind of miss pitchers hitting. Yeah. Cause some Cause guys re- are some guys like, can hit some guys can hit and they're not afraid to hit.
0: No, some guys are good. You know, you know, good. To, like, you know, like I said, uh, small ball. Yep. Just getting on base, just getting, well, Gibson RBI. And you that's, know, that's like what, that. what
1: I'm loving about this team right now. Like I, not that I don't love the fills anyway, but like the fact that they're winning games without having to hit a ton of home runs, the fact yeah. that they're putting guys on base and, and getting guys, in with just, you know, line drives and bloop singles and It's in the gap.
0: That's basically man. That's awesome. And the thing is though, you get people on base. Okay, you hit a home run, great. Everybody comes home. But you don't, you hit, let's say, off the fence, off the wall, that's an RBI. That still runs in. That's still getting you know, players in good position to Win games, and some people, yeah, of course, everybody wants to see that home run, but that's not always the case. I mean, how many games have we gone to, no home runs were hit? Yeah, but the Phillies still won. And I you have know, to say, or, like
1: w- okay. with with the fills, um, and I do let's let's not act like I don't I don't have concerns because I have a lot of concerns about the fills.
0: Oh yeah, it's Philly. Go figure. I mean, we all do. <laughs>
1: The the belief at this point is that they have. After this series and after the Dodgers series, they have a pretty easy schedule for the rest of the season. But I know this team. This is a team. Who can't always beat the Marlins.
0: You come to teams and you can't beat them. That's always that's always been the case. That's a, That's just how it is.
1: Like, I'm legitimately concerned they're going to split the series with some really sucky teams here in the last month and a half of the season. <laughs> and... the
0: thing is that's, that's typical Philly of any sport teams. They should be beating that are bottom basement teams. They can't. That's just always how it's been for some strange reason. You, you put them up against a first place team, a playoff contender, they'll win. They'll play fantastic. Yep. They may have maybe a few issues here and there. Like, You know, well, Kenny and I kind of scared me when he gave up three homers, but still. uh,
1: But like they have six games against the Diamondbacks coming up. The Diamondbacks are the worst team in baseball. And I know what's going to happen. They play the Cubs. They play the O's. They play the Pirates. All last place teams and.
0: Typical Philly. They're going to fall out. (laughs) That's just how it's going to be. I mean, it's just, it's just typical Philly teams, you know, Philadelphia teams. But now being that baseball season's in play and it's always, you know, like you said, that home stretch of these teams that they should be beating. It's just going to be like, uh, do I really want to watch this? Just because you that's, you know what's going to happen.
1: Part. That is the worst part.
0: <laughs> but the sad part is you're going to end up watching. That's just but, how it's going to end up. But and then the screaming time- and yelling at your TV
1: the way this team's playing is phenomenal. Like right now they're playing in a way that it's totally conceivable. They could sweep a couple of a bunch of these series.
0: Let's just hope they stay in the playoffs though.
1: You that, know, they, could, they need to stay in first. I mean, I, I'm so convinced that they're going to do everything they can to not stay in first. And that's just ingrained in me that, as a fan. Um,
0: yeah, pretty much. That's just how it always is in general. Really? I mean, when you're a team that is playing as good as they are right now, you know for a fact as probably every Philadelphia fan out there, like once again, it doesn't matter what sport, a Philadelphia fan, you have that inkling in the back of your head, something's going to happen. They're because it always does happen. <laughs> because it always does happen. For some strange reason, they cannot stay hot. The only team that actually stayed hot, but due to the pandemic last year was the flyers. And I mean, cause they were hot going into March.
1: The Sixers were in the playoffs this year and, and couldn't do it.
0: So it's, you
1: know, it's the Philly curse, man. Yeah. Could you, could you imagine that now we're, we're Philadelphia sports fans, but we don't live in Philadelphia. Um,
0: Could you two two and a half hours, give or take?
1: Yeah, give or take. Could you imagine, imagine that city if for some reason all four teams won in the same year?
0: Oh, dude, that would be. I, I think the city would just lose its. I think just in general, just go nuts. I mean. Oh, I I'm, i can't even just speak of it just because of what that would be like. <laughs> I mean, the Lombardi, the Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup.
1: NBA finals, the commissioner's trophy.
0: Just. That would be. You can't even speak the words.
1: No, because I, I could never imagine it happening.
0: Oh, you can't. I mean. The last time the Stanley Cup was brought to Philly was seventy five. As the last time it was won there.
1: The NBA championship. Or I, should was won for, I should say one
0: I should say one four Philly. But yeah, so it's not like it Philadelphia is known for its championship weights. Sports
1: success.
0: <laughs> that too. So I don't know how many frustrations I've had as a Flyers fan just yelling and screaming at the T V on games that they should have won. So but, it's funny you say that um
1: on 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 the (laughs) on the baseball subreddit on reddit um last night right after the game there was a post the phillies have taken over first of the nl east and um one of the people commenting was a mets fan and he said i hate he's like i'm a fan but i hate the mets so much more than any other team because no other team has broke my heart as much as the mets have and i i I, (laughs) I i replied and i said and that's and I said, and this is why I respect Mets fans and don't hate on Mets fans, because at the end of the day, you guys have suffered through just as much as Phillies fans, fans have suffered. Yes, I go. Yes. I know. I know by <laughs> definition, I am supposed to hate the Mets and hate Mets fans. I can't hate Mets fans because they
0: get it just like we
1: get it. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, in, yeah. It's inevitable. Something's going to
0: happen. <laughs> and, and, and things that you expect it. And even though it happens, you still get frustrated. Yeah. You know, well, I should say frustration is a nice way of putting it. Right. When you're sitting there screaming and yelling at your TV and it's like, ugh.
1: I've gotten so disgusted. I've turned, I've just changed the channel. I'm like, I can't watch anymore.
0: I've done that. I'll, I'll admit I've done that. And it's especially when games are just way out of hands. Like you just see, like it just gets, well, let's say baseball it just gets in double digits and. I think Philly's at zero yet. It's like, yeah, this is not even fun to watch anymore. Yeah. I mean, oh, I've done that with, with hockey games where games have gotten high up in numbers. And it's just like, what's the point? You know, what's the point on watching? But yeah, the way the, the way they're playing, it's definitely, I should say promising to hopefully go far. Yeah. But like you said, uh you like you said earlier in the period, nineteen eighty, oh seven. Can have some promisings. Can have it. You know, it can happen. You know, it can happen. So let's just hope the Phillies can do uh do some damage get in the playoffs, hopefully bring another one home. Hopefully. You know, it's all. I'm just happy with for. the playoffs right now, so but we're Philly fans. We got, you know, we got to shoot for the moon or not. You know, you know, every Philly fan out there is right now thinking World Series, not just thinking playoffs. They're thinking World Series.
1: I'm I'm just thinking playoffs right now. I'm
0: not getting ahead of it. <laughs> yeah, but you know how many Philly fans are. I know. <laughs> so on that note, that'll be end of the second period. Be right back after a short break.
2: What's up? My name is Matt Derlin and I'm here to tell you about the two podcasts that I host on the club KFabe creative communities, CKCC Radio. The first is called By the Numbers, where I interview wrestlers whose matches I have refereed in my nearly 20-year independent professional wrestling career. Tune in and hear the stories of the matches and the stories behind the matches themselves. My other show is called The A Show, co-hosted by Chris Decker. Each episode, Chris and I are joined by one or two special guests, and together we hold a mock draft based on a specific year and wrestling promotion, and then build cards based on our drafted rosters. You, the listener, decide who has the best card by voting on our Twitter poll each episode. You can hear By the Numbers and The A Show, Mondays at 9 a.m., alternating weeks, on CKCC Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Baseball fans check out the Baseball Together podcast. Your hosts, Blackjack, Brad, and Kansas City Little Big Broogie Blue Eyes present new episodes for the entire baseball family every Tuesday, available on all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Come join our baseball family where we do baseball together.
0: Welcome back to the third period. Uh, This third period, we're going to talk first overall draft picks and going into the Hall of Fame, or in the Hall of Fame, I should say. And what a lot of people don't realize is first round draft picks don't don't normally make it. (laughs) No, for for every John Elway, there's a Ryan Leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Way to put it. That's a way to put it. Because if you think about it from from when the from when the first draft started in the respective sport, that's a lot of years but only a select few of course always make the hall of fame in general right but first rounders normally don't make it like let's say baseball the first draft was 1965 first draft in the nfl was 1936 nba was 1947 nhl was 1963 and out of all those oh,
1: hold, hold on real quick
0: so the two oldest
1: sports leagues had their drafts begin the latest? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Much. Interesting. That, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just found that
0: interesting no, I, because. You know, the, you know, it's just how it is. It's just NHL
1: and MLB are very steeped in history, and they didn't have their drafts until very, very many years later.
0: You know, NBA was 47. NFL was 36. You know, and the amateur drafts, of course, which are still, you know, going on till this day. Right. 65 for the MLB, 63 for the NHL. And what's funny is even for the NHL, out of all those years of the drafts, eight first-round draft picks were in. Eight. So, um, I mean, you would think these numbers would be kind of higher because it's first-round draft pick. They're supposed to be you know, the best of the best coming out of their respective college or scouts, supposedly, supposed to be, you know, the NFL has 14. Now, now these are currently in the hall of fame, not first overalls going to the hall of fame. Eventually like, you know, let's say Crosby Ovechkin, things like that. Right. right, These are players that are actually been in now. Now, Jason, you're going to love this one. MLB I think the number I found was three.
1: Well, and looking per- at the list, I mean that's those are three really great ball players. Even with one being a Philly killer, he's still a great yeah. ball, ball player.
0: <laughs> you know, and the NBA has nineteen. So you would think you know, being number one draft picks, the first you know they're supposed to be the cream of the crop. They're supposed to be the ones that or to you know showcase high talent. Don't even make it to the pros. Sometimes, let's say the NHL, some draft picks don't even make it to to the NHL. They they get they get stuck in the farm system. Right. Um, you know? So
1: one of the names <laughs> on the NHL one that stood out for me, um, and i got just gonna want to chat about that for a second, uh, was uh, Mario Lemieux. Um, you know, he's the original Mister Penguin. Phenomenal athlete, Super Mario, has to has to leave the sport at his peak because of cancer.
0: Yeah, not like he chose to do it; it was medical, you know, medical reasons. Beats
1: cancer, comes back, and has a and, and finishes up a great career.
0: And that just, that alone and that, and,
1: is Hall of Fame worthy in my book,
0: and not just playing to where. You you know you would think after cancer you won't play at the level you were, you know. But but before cancer, no, he was playing at a level that he was at before cancer. It wasn't like he you know lowered his game. No, he was playing, and f- and for a man of his size, for what he did on the ice, and like I said, fighting cancer, coming back, and still can comp- playing at that high competitive level. Yeah, that is highly Hall of Fame worthy for, you know, for sure. You know, and what's funny is people who think Wayne Gretzky is on this list. No, he is not. He was never drafted. So I know some people probably think because it's Wayne Gretzky, he's first overall. He was never drafted. So he's not on the list.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean. If anyone knows the NBA, Michael Jordan wasn't the first pick of his draft. No, either. <laughs> um, you know, very similar to um, Lemieux uh, on the NBA list would be Magic Johnson. He had to leave the sport for medical reasons. His was testing HIV positive. And it, conversely, when he did come back, he was not able to play at the same level that he did but the fact of the matter was he at least was able to eventually go out on his terms yeah and and that had no bearing on him going into the hall of fame he was a hall of famer whether he had that final run or not but it's still like lemieux they were able to go out on their terms even with their their medical issues which to me speaks highly of their competitiveness and their and their mental and and
0: physical toughness The fact that he came back from from that just to play in general, not just come back, you know, but just to you know come back and play and be able to do it. Because some players they go out on injury, that's it, they're done. They don't come back. I mean, how many times have we seen that in in just in general players, not just first rounders, but in general players, how many times they don't come back due to some type of injury? Yeah. The fact that him. Lemieux were able to do so. That speaks volume. It, it, no, it really does. It really does. Um, you know, yeah. I just find this interesting. You know, just an interesting thing for the first overall picks going to the Hall of Fame and the low numbers.
1: Well, and I think that speaks that more up. towards. I think. I, I think with with all sports, the number one draft pick, especially for professional sports, the number one draft pick is almost over overrated valued uh not yeah we can say overrated i I was just looking at overvalued i mean again we we, you know ryan leaf was supposed to be the next big thing and he was a huge bust no offense to ryan leaf it's just some you can have all the talent in the world but if you can't handle this this speaks back to our first round if you can't handle the competition you can't handle the pressure well, the talent isn't going to supersede that.
0: No, you're not going to be able to, to to take it.
1: And I mean, you know, some of the, the best players ever are people who were drafted very late in their drafts.
0: I mean, we um, went about this with with Tom Brady. Yeah, I was going to say Tom Brady. I mean, he I went mean, way late in his draft and look. Well, what he's, he's the back. poster
1: boy for that. But I mean, he's not the only one.
0: No. And the fact that you see a lot of, well, we did an episode where hall of famers, how many went undrafted. Or I did think it was went,
1: late in the late rounds.
0: Yeah. 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 This ones that where they went late rounds or someone undrafted.
1: And I think especially with MLB MLB's draft is, is what it is. It's not like a hyped up draft. It's not must see TV, like the NFL draft or the NBA draft. Um, but I think the fact that there's only three. Yeah. I think speaks more towards the, the parity in baseball's scouting of prospects, I guess is the best way to put it. Because I, I think anyone, if they, if they have the right drive and the right hustle and the right talent in, in baseball can go from minors to majors and make an impact, it's going to be tough to do it but it can be done you don't have to be the top draft pick to be a hall of famer in baseball. Whereas I think, you know, with the NFL, especially with the NBA, with the most, if you're nine times out of 10, well, five times out of 10, your number one draft pick might be a future hall of famer. I mean, my God, look at the tear in the eighties, you know, 82 is James worthy, 83, Ralph Sampson, 84, Akeem, Elijah 85, Patrick Ewing, 87, David Robinson, that's a good chunk of the 1980s with the first dra- round draft pick. Uh, went Chris Webber,
0: 83. 93. Or no. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> My okay. typing is hard. My typing. is hard. You're all right. You're all right. That's debatable. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just 19 in general for the NBA, like you said, the, the run in the 80s. I mean, hell, even the 90s. You know, Chris Webber, Shaquille O'Neal, Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan. We talked about you know, Tim
1: Duncan earlier on the previously on the show. He yeah. was drafted number one in '97, and and the next season he or two seasons later he was yeah. the to same the day. day he was drafted. He was winning yeah. the MVP to, in the mm-hmm. in the championship
2: with to the David
1: day. Robinson because I mean, they were on to, the Spurs. They were on the Spurs together.
0: I just find it I just find it very interesting, and which is why we brought that up when we did that today in sports that it was to the day. A number one draft pick to the day won a championship two years later.
1: But I think about that. Robinson eighty seven drafted the Spurs. Duncan ninety seven drafted 97. the Spurs. You know, won the championship together.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, definitely, uh, definitely interesting because so I know uh, for the NBA, I believe it's four seasons. After four seasons, it's eligible. You're eligible for the Hall of Fame. 5 for baseball, 5 for the NFL and 3 for hockey. Pretty eligibilities.
1: Yeah, because in the next few years uh for MLB Rollins and Utley will be eligible.
0: Oof. That'd be nice if they if, if they made it.
1: Um I think Rollins has the better shot. I think Utley's deserving to go in. I, I'm partial, though. I'm a big Utley fan. I like his work (laughs) ethic. I like his hustle. Um, But the dude played baseball the way baseball used to be played in a time where it wasn't played that way. Right. Um,
0: You played hard.
1: And you know what? And and he did it totally unconscious of the fact that that's what Philadelphia sports fans want. I mean, that's how he became a hero and, and and a legend in Philly was because he just he played his heart out every game.
0: Well, yeah, that's ugly. I mean, he always did that. Whether I mean, and that's Philadelphia in general that wants that grit, that wants that wants that way to play in in any of the sports, whether it be baseball, football, or hockey, basketball. You know, they want that hard nosed go. You know, look at and, with the Broad Street Bullies. And I
1: think you know. that's why Phillies fans haven't turned on Harper yet.
0: I, I think mean, because
1: if, he plays. 100 miles an hour every game in the outfield. And he he's, you know, you see the work ethic. It's one thing if you get that contract and you're a prima donna like an Alex Rodriguez, he'd have been eaten alive in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd have oh, been yeah. demanding a trade like within two seasons.
0: Whereas That's, you're giving him too much credit for that. Whereas, whereas Harper, Harper like
1: <laughs> he doesn't come in with a prima donna attitude. He comes in and he hustles. And he steps oh, yeah, he up does and, you know, all all power to him. <laughs> but I think that's why the, the fans, as I mean, it was predicted they turn on him immediately and they never did.
0: Well, yeah, because everybody thought being that he was in Washington, he was that prima donna. You know, I, when he I was
1: have in my theories on Harper's time in. In Washington.
0: I mean, I do. I have I have.
1: I think I'm of the belief that I think the Nats looked at him as a hired gun and he was going to be X, Y, and Z and do this and do that. Whereas I think on the Phils, he's looked at as as a baseball player. He's not looked at as a superstar, which he is, but they don't the Phils don't treat him as such. They don't treat him as a, as a superstar. They don't single him out. On that team. So, whereas in Washington, it was a lot of Harper, Harper, Harper. In Philly, it's you got Harper, you got Hoskins, you got Real Muto, you got Wheeler, you got Nola,
0: you got a list. Touch, You got Segura. <laughs> you, know, yeah, you got. Yeah. yeah, you have a list of names that actually play. You have a list of names that are reliable. You have and- people
1: who constantly stand out. And it wasn't until they got Rendon and they got a couple other players where it wasn't just Harper who had to stand out in Washington but you know, yeah him leaving i think was was probably good for him and good for the organization
0: um, well yeah a year later they won the world series
1: and i think you know some guys just excel with a change of scenery oh
0: yeah it's just any sport with that yeah no i just i just figured this was you know this was an interesting thing to talk about because of how many times that you see these number one draft picks and they don't even make it to even the pros, even. They don't even see play. I mean, the NFL, you may be number one. You may you may ride the bench. You may go in maybe once in a while if, if your team's up by a, a lot. Now, here's something to, to
1: think about. Um, and it's something we've kind of talked about before. So out of those four leagues, three of them have developmental leagues.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The NFL doesn't. So you could take a a situation where your number one draft pick maybe can't cut it at the pro level at this moment, but that doesn't mean that they can't cut it on a minor league level.
0: Yeah. I mean, how many players that went to like the Canadian Football League?
1: A lot of players have got well, Doug Flutie.
0: Yeah. Doug, he Flutie,
1: was Doug Flutie played in the USFL and the CFL before he became Doug Flutie in the NFL. You know, Um Jesus, yeah, I mean, um, Steve Young played in the USFL before he was the starting quarterback for the
0: the uh, the, for Niners.
1: the Niners. Um, oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Shoot, um,
0: doo, doo, Jim doo, Kelly. Doo, doo. Jim there Kelly played
1: for Houston, the Houston Gamblers in the USFL before he played for the in in the NFL. And actually, so supposedly, going off on a tangent here, supposedly. In the USFL, the Houston gamblers and the LA express captained by Kelly and young respectively played the greatest football game. No one ever saw
2: Ugh. because oh, it was not, it was
1: not the main game for that week on ABC, but supposedly for the, for the people who were there and even young and Kelly have said it was the greatest game that each other have ever played against each other.
0: Too bad nobody outside. And of, no
1: one saw it. <laughs> too bad
0: anybody outside that stadium. Unless you were stadium. there.
1: And anybody and, outside
0: that stadium. Nope. And I think it was it in happen. LA,
1: and, and based on what I know, the LA Express didn't draw a dime. So there might have been like fifty people in that cavernous, <laughs> hundred thousand seat Olympic stadium.
0: Ugh, that's craziness. Football, yeah, needs,
1: football needs a developmental league. The NFL no. needs a developmental league.
0: You know, they do. I mean, and not just college football, because that's not a developmental league. No. But college football is not a developmental league. College football is a way to go from one to another. And if, and you, if, if they're good enough to go, you know, to make that jump.
1: And here's the thing. I'm, I'm a firm believer that there is an audience that will watch spring football
0: yeah we've had that discussion once before and you know there is a lot of mixed reviews on that because some people are like really football again more yet you know and some people yes football all year round right you know so it's going to be a it's going to be a uh, a double edged sword
1: i think the mistake a lot of people who try to launch leagues in the spring make is the, the USFL was the only one who really did it with any success, and they only lasted three years because after that third season, they were going to try and compete with the NFL, which was a, a dumb move on their part. Um, because they had an audience for spring football. Um, in their case, what really undid them was they grew too fast. Had they stayed to eight teams for a couple of seasons, they probably would have been fine, but they grew to like 16 in three seasons. Um, but like with the, the AAF, I think there was the Alliance of American football and with the XFL. um, They try to be a major sports league too soon. So yeah, it's great. You have a Fox contract and an ABC contract and an, and an ESPN contract, but maybe have your teams have a regional contract. Be on a, you know, a sports net Colorado, if you're in Colorado, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. instead of shooting well, for the moon, <clears throat> f- find what works and will help you grow for your success.
0: Well, I know uh what well, well, I think it's next year. The XFL soon coming.
1: I think they're pushed back another year. I think they're going to be yeah, 2023 that's next
0: now. year. Oh, well, I just I actually looked up. It still says 22.
1: Oh, does is it but, twenty twenty two? Okay.
0: Yeah, that's what I I literally just looked it up now, and I've just been seeing twenty two, twenty two. Okay, that's fine. Twenty two. Uh, well, oh, oh, then I got another one stating twenty two return on hold. Um, uh, so who knows when it could be? It could be twenty two, twenty three, but that could turn into something maybe for the NFL as a developmental. I doubt, but you never right. know. It's Yeah, you kind of have to look at the brighter side of that. You know, can it be done? Sure. If will it be done? Probably. My guess is no. That's my guess. But yeah, I figured this third period would be interesting because of just how many number one draft picks are there, and how many uh make it to the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I mean we were talking in the first period. The small sample size of professional athletes compared to that percentage who might experience mental health issues. This is an even smaller percentage
0: of well, of the overall
1: okay. population of pro athletes.
0: Well, baseball in general, three. Yeah. Howard Baines. I think I said his name right. Yeah. Yeah. Howard Baines, Kangrafe Jr., Chipper Jones. <sighs> that's it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Three. Three players from a draft that started uh, back in 1965.
1: Griffey, another (laughs) Dan Marino. Yeah, never got the big one.
0: You know, never tied. You know, no title, but
1: that's that's a future third period best players to never
0: win. All of famers that never won a title.
1: Or yeah, best players, hall of famers never want to. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's a great topic.
0: That would be because that's probably a big list that players you would think just <laughs> because of how be great a very they play. Big list, yeah. You know, well, I can name a few right off the bat that actually played in championships, but never, never won, but went to the hall of fame. I mean, in hockey alone, you got John Van Beesbrook played for Florida, played for Philly. But when he was in Florida, he lost, you know, they lost to uh, Colorado. In 96, they got swept. You know, you know, game four of that game, three overtimes. Any score was one, nothing. <laughs> Jesus. You know, Pavel Bure lost it. You know, they, uh, Vancouver lost to the Rangers in the fight in 94. So just those two alone. Yeah. So on that note, that'd be the end of the third period. That's an interesting one. Interesting. Third. Yeah, that
1: was a fun topic.
0: <sighs> yeah, definitely. Like I said, you would think there'd be a lot more, but.
1: There, no, I mean, first round draft picks tend to not go the way the teams predict they will go. <laughs>
0: no. Some do. Some do. But for baseball, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um know with that uh let's wrap this up here you can catch me every month on the philly baseball together podcast with my co-host Tori. uh once a month we'll bring you our thoughts on the phil's that's under the baseball together podcast network umbrella uh our episode was recorded monday and it was uploaded monday (laughs) um so that one's already up we talked about the phil's trade deadline and the trades that were made uh before the deadline and at the deadline uh Check it out that you can find that wherever you get your podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, thank you for joining us for episode 26 of the not another sports podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com slash not another sports pod. Oh, here we go. Twitter at not another sport one Instagram, NAS pod 20, TikTok NAS pod 20. And you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, please feel free to like comment, message us, hit us up at any of those outlets you can find us uh the not another sports podcast is available for streaming or download at anchor.fm apple podcast spotify stitcher podcast Addict, and wherever else you get your podcast please don't forget to subscribe rate and review uh with that i'm jason i'm david and we'll talk with you next time
0: have a good one
2: you have been listening to the not another sports podcast thank you for your listenership